Welcome to the Misfit Stars Podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hi, listeners. Hey, hi. Shannon. Hi. You said hi preemptively. I didn't even have a chance to say hi to you. You're like, hi. Hi. I love it. <laughs> oh, great. This is the part where my husband says hi to me. Hi. Hi. I'm you. Hi. No, it's because you made me redo the intro. Well, you know. And I don't think I needed to be redone, but I was just feeling a little miffed. Yeah. Can I quote our former president right now? No. First, never. first intro is low energy. Sad. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank God we don't have to hear from that guy on a daily basis. So moving right along. Yeah. F him. F that guy. So, uh, people, it's wonderful to have you here with us on this beautiful, I don't know, is it March 31st or April 1st? I don't even know. <laughs> How do the, how do the days change here? It's, it's the 31st when this comes out. Yeah. Uh-huh, That's great. Uh-huh. I was going in my head, the little song, like 30 days, half September, April, June, and November. do that every time. Yeah. I can't not do that. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And then they're like, all oh, the rest have 31, except for February, something, something. Like, something, something, something. Yeah. yeah. The song kind of falls apart there. It really does. Like it, it, yeah. All the rest have 31, except for February, which has 27 and on leap year 28. It gets, no, 28 it, and then 29. I'm sorry. 28 and 29. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. But yeah, I, I like, yeah, there's no, it's so catchy at the beginning. Yeah. And then you get to that last part and you're like, this sucks. This song sucks. Yeah. It's not it even starts a song. so strong. It rhymes September, November, which granted is a low bar. And it has half, <laughs> which is nice. Vaguely Quaker, you know? I appreciate all of those things about it. Yeah. But yeah, no, the songwriting fail at the end, really. It's not even a song. What is it? It's like a... It's like a childhood rhyme. Yeah. But, you know, useful. As yeah. we just have proven when you say it all the time. To yes. Figure out how many days are in this month. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's sort of like a slightly more advanced version of holding up your two hands with your thumbs pointing out in front of you to remember which one is left, left and which and one is right. right. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so that's how we're doing. Yeah, people. <laughs> Doing good, doing good. Uh, It's lovely to have you here with us. Later on in this episode, we're so excited. We're going to be playing and then talking with you about uh, our brand new song, Shannon's brand new song, These Four Walls. People, if you haven't heard it yet, I'm just going to tease it this way. It is a bona fide slow jam. It is. It's song five from the 2020 101 Project. And uh, man, we're just... We're just trucking right along through this project. Yeah. 11 songs total. We're five songs in. We're, we're almost at hump day. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this for a long time all of a sudden. It's been like a I solid know. month and a half, and it's just gone like that. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I, I was talking with this, a friend of mine about this just a day or so ago, and she's like, you, you guys are like a music factory. I'm like, I know. I know. But like in a good way. It is a good, yeah, yeah. totally. And and uh, each of the songs, in case you haven't heard so far, is inspired by stories we collected from people's experience of 2020. This one was unique because it was about people's experience being uh, parenting in 2020, yeah. which is not an experience you or I had no. or have ever had. Yeah. Uh, and so really we were had to step our step into the shoes of other people other people's experience completely for this song, yeah. which is a great experience. We're going to talk about that some uh, after the break. Yes. Yeah. So uh, people, Misfit Stars, it's a listener-supported podcast. Sure is. You're the listeners. Mm-hmm. So there's two groups of you. There are those of you who are currently supporting us uh, via the Misfit Stars community. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So grateful for you. And then there's the other group. What's the other group? The other group, Shannon, is people who are not yet supporting what? the work that we do in the world. Because mm-hmm. it's not just a podcast. A podcast is like an excuse. It's like a way in. It's like a, week, a weekly way to reach out to our people, right? Yeah. And I love the opportunity to do that. Uh, it's also an opportunity for us to tell you that all the work that we do in the world is supported by a community of people uh, who believe in it. Mm-hmm. 
if you're one of these people, please support us. Totally. I know that there are for sure people who are listening who don't like the work we do in the world. They, <gasps> they hate listening to us. Why they would do they it, do that? They do it week after week after week. Oh, you gosh. Know? Probably the same reason that every so often I'll watch Fox News. I'll be like, God damn it. <laughs> right? And probably there's some people listening to this right now like, ugh, I still haven't unsubscribed. He's fucking jerks. <laughs> you know what I mean? And first of all, that's mean that you're saying that about me right now, but like, okay, I've got a thick skin. I understand that living in public life means that, you know, sometimes people will think you're a jerk. I can get that. That's okay. But look, I know there's another group of people out there listening right now <laughs> yes. who don't think we're jerks, right? Mm. who do support mm. the work we do in yeah. the world, mm-hmm. but who aren't yet helping us uh, do it, helping right. support it. Sure. And really, uh, we would like to encourage you please to do that. Uh, it's you know, a monthly commitment it's, and it yeah. starts at small dollars. Like $5 a month is the, the lowest it. level. And so like, it's, it's like essentially like, you know, you listen to this podcast or you enjoy the other work that we do. You want to make, you want, you want to make sure that it continues in the world. It's like kind of like buying us a cup of coffee once a month and be like, here you go. This is my like yeah. support of you. Like a bougie cup of coffee. You know well, maybe I mean? each of us a cup. Like yeah. each of us get like a cup. That's two, more reasonable. $2.50. Because if you're drinking a $5 cup of coffee, you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> it's a little bougie. And I'm not trying to be that person. Hey, every once in a while, I like one of those, but it's rare. Yeah. Because mostly we're just at home these days. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Seriously, grinding my own beans, making my own coffee. That's right. Loving it. So... Yeah. The point, though, is... The point is that uh, we would love to have your support. We could use it, frankly. This is how we support ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are moving ever more away from transactionality in our life's work, which is to say, you know, we started out with music being kind of more like a widget, right? Yeah. Where we make X quantity of widgets and we try to sell X quantity of right. widgets to people one widget at a time. And if we yeah. sell enough widgets, then we support ourselves. Yeah. You know, and those widgets might be CDs or USB drives or T-shirts or whatever. And, you know, we'll eventually be able to do some of that again. Uh, but being forced into a situation where we can't do that has really been eye-opening for us because mm-hmm. it's allowed us to really decouple our work from capital and capitalism. And that's so wonderful. Yeah. This idea that we can get the transactionality out of it where it's not just a quid pro quo, where instead we're being supported by people who believe in what we do and can then just use that support to help other people. Yeah. And it's not just like a you give me this and you get this kind of thing. Right. It's much more abstract. And I think that's a healthier way to conceive of how art functions in the world. It's been a really um, a, a really nurturing experience for me. It, like, And the pandemic really forced us into that sort of paradigm more fully, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because we couldn't tour. We couldn't do the things that we normally do yeah. to, you know, we do the, we, we give a concert, you give us money, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's been, it's been really interesting to uh, explore the ways in which we can expand how we do what we do because yeah. it's not based on that, this for that mentality, you know, uh, it's yeah. been really, really cool. And so on that note, if you are already a misfit star, my goodness, thank you so much. Like you are helping us not just to sustain what we're doing, but also you're, you're helping us to evolve what we're doing Yeah, and in some really exciting ways. And like this 2020 101 project is one of those things, you know, we are making an album uh, bit by bit and giving it to the world. Anyone can go download download these songs for free on Bandcamp if they want to. Um, but you're making that possible, Misfit Stars. And so if you're not yet part of the Misfit Stars, you should totally join us. Um, we uh it's a it's it, it's a way for you to support what we're doing but also you get entry into this community as yeah. well um which is just they're the best people on the planet yeah <laughs> you know and we've got our, our own private social network that uh that we will invite you into 
We will, uh, you'll get to meet other people and get to know folks there. I'm having so much fun watching other people in the Misfit Stars, specifically since we've had the private social network. Yeah, Um, it's really opened things up. Getting to know each other, you know, folks that live, you know, uh, geographically like in the same region. I I saw a little sidebar conversation between a couple people who live in the Northeast kind of nearish to each other the other day who were like, we should meet up sometime. I'm like, that's so great. Like, you know, just real life uh, friendships maybe starting to form um, uh, via this group. We saw one of our people in Texas talking with another one of our people like a sidebar conversation in Australia. Yeah. Totally, it's, it's so the neat. best. Like having a private, like in the chat, like just the two of them, you know. Yeah. Not like on a comment thread. They like. We did, well, we shouldn't. We should say we can't see people's private chats. You heard about this yes. from one of the people. One so. of them told me. Yeah. We can't our actually in, see our private, your private chats. Yeah. There. Yeah. Wouldn't that be horrible? <laughs> no, it's terrible. We're just reading everything you write. Yeah. Yeah. Changing the words, editing. It's just so wonderful because no, we like can't these, do that, these are people who have come together because they're you know supporting what we do, but they're finding in the process that they've got other people in this community who. Are uh, who are who are uh, kindred spirits, <laughs> yeah. you know, and 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 it's fun to see the, those relationships develop. So, misfitstars.com slash join. Yeah, that's how you get into the group. Uh, that's how you begin supporting us uh, on a monthly subscription basis. That is how uh, you get your your invitation to the social network mm-hmm. with Misfit Stars. It is the it is the way in. So go do it. Misfitstars.com slash join. That's how you do it. Please do it. Thank you. We hope to see you soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in so, all seriousness, oh my gosh, the social network's so great. Anyway, it is so great. <laughs> yeah. Can't talk about it enough, but we'll stop for now. Yeah, just for now. Just for now. Uh, announcements. 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 Oh my gosh. That was kinda, kind of a riff. You sort of spoke it into singing it. It was like a spoken word piece. I like it. Yeah, okay. So uh, we have only two brief announcements uh, today. They're actually both yours. So I did the intro, but, you, but you're but you taking care of the rest of yeah, these things today. Yeah, can do. Yeah. So announcement number one, uh, people, we are collecting stories for our 2020-101 project. And the story topic that we are just embarking upon now with the advent of this new song is parenting in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I bet this is going to be such a deep and rich topic for so many people listening. Yeah, You know, it's just been a huge, huge component of this pandemic experience, right? How that has totally changed for you. We would love to know your experiences, to, to hear your stories. And if it's okay with you to share them, to archive them in the story archive that we're creating on 2020101.net. And, you know, you can go there. You can click any song's little picture. There's five now. We have a new little piece of artwork for every song. Click on any one of them, scroll down to the bottom of that page, and you'll see, like, what the topic is and then all of the stories we've collected. We would love to add your story on parenting, but also on any of the other topics to the story archive that we're making. So please just go have a look. And if it seems like something that you have some input on, especially this new topic of what parenting was like for you, please share it. We yeah. would love that. You can just email that to me. That's at jamie at misfitstars.com. If we're connected on Facebook, you can message it to me. Uh, message. Message. Right? <laughs> it's messenger. Yeah. So you message it. That's what I, I like think that. too. I just kind of invented that on the fly, but I'm standing by it. I like it. Yeah. I love it. Can you Facebook message that to me, please? I think that's 100% accurate. 
Oh, I love it. Man, I'm going to get a royalty from Facebook now. This is Uh, great. No. Good, good, good. Well, because they're good actors and they're looking out for people. (laughs) And this is for sure just another way they're going to look out for me. Sure. By crediting where credit is due. So Uh thanks in advance, Zuck. Big winky gif of that that one lady. Yeah, totally. So there's announcement one, people. If you have a story, send it over. Jamie at uh, MisfitStars.com. And what's your second announcement? My second announcement is that I have officially archived the Misfit Stars Facebook group. Now, this is a slight pivot from what I said I was going to do, which was delete the Misfit Stars Facebook group. And frankly, I'm glad about that. I have uh, Terry and Kitty to thank for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Change in direction. And I'm really grateful to both of them for having, having, like, opened my eyes to it. So... uh, Basically, what does archived mean? Archived just means I click a button and it's frozen in time. It's, okay. it's suspended in amber. You can still go there, you can look at it, but you can't interact with it. You can't make comments or new posts nope. or anything like that. You can't like anything. Okay. Uh, you can't do a single thing. But you can go back and see old posts. Okay. I know that that was a concern that had been surfaced. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there were a couple of people who were like, you know, I wrote some stuff in there that's really valuable to me that eventually I would like to be able to repurpose for maybe a journal or something. Great. The good news is now that that's just there. Cool. It's not uh, going anywhere. And I want to say it's not going anywhere because of anything that Shannon or I are doing. That said, it's not under our control. It's under Facebook's control. And I want to be really clear about that. What is? Facebook groups. Oh, right. Facebook can Mm -hmm. do anything they want with a group at any time, including suspend it, delete it, uh, without any warning, without any notice. It's true. We were just talking uh, with a friend of ours yesterday who has been having horrible experiences with Facebook groups. He's a really high-profile person. Mm -hmm. Uh, With a very popular blog. Yeah. And the kind of person who has, like, hundreds of thousands of followers, that kind of person. Mm -hmm. And, like, he can't even post from his own account on Facebook or in, in his group now because, like, Facebook has locked him. It's just, like... The, the craziest thing. Uh, and, you know, that could happen to us too, especially now that there's not going to be any activity in a group. I know just from previous experience administering, you know, various web stuff that sometimes when something that hosts something else notices that there has been a certain amount of time with no activity, they'll just close it. Mm. And they won't tell you. They'll just do it, mm-hmm. you know? So if you want to grab anything that you wrote on there, you should do that sooner than later, I guess. Yes. We don't have yes. any control over whether that would... Yeah. It's, it's there for now as far as we have have uh, indicated it should be, it'll stay there. Yeah. But again, Facebook is a monster and we don't have control of that monster. So yeah. it'll you know. be there. It, it'll be there indefinitely as long as we have anything to say about it, but we don't have control. Exactly. And also uh, this is another great time to remind you that if you are not, if you're in the Misfit Stars community and you're not yet in the new social network. Oh my gosh. You got to get there. People. Uh, so we have, uh, if, if you're already a subscribing member to Misfit Stars, you can go to the, the, this link, community.misfitstars.com and request an invitation to join this new private social network. Yeah. Uh, but we would love to see you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just the best. Please join us. Yeah. So those are the two announcements. Very good announcements. Um, How are you feeling, baby? I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, the sun's shining today. Yeah. That makes me feel good. I had to go out a little bit earlier this afternoon to go to a doctor's appointment. Remember a couple of weeks ago when I was having like major pain issues? <laughs> well, I'm like, I should go to the doctor. And I tried to get an appointment and it was like, the first available appointment is three weeks from now. So of course all my symptoms are gone, but I kept my appointment anyway. <laughs> um, oh yeah. And just, just try to get some answers. And I think that maybe I got a few... Um, a few potential answers. Yeah, which is great. Even though I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be symptom free right now. This is something that could recur, and now I have some ideas of how I can address it better, if and when it does come back. So that feels really 
just nice. It, yeah. it feels nice also to know that 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 she didn't think that there was anything drastically wrong with me. Yeah. There, there was nothing. These were not symptoms that you know that she was concerned about there being some more a more major problem. Yeah. Which is a nice easing of my mind. Yeah. And so that I feel, that feels good. Um, generally speaking, I feel good. I think I'm a little bit tired still today we had two days off yeah after we every every time we release a new song for this project we take like a couple days off and we've learned that we really have to be good about that because like if we don't take that time off about halfway through the next song cycle we feel like hell yeah well and i you know the last couple times you know we've taken the two days and then like the next day comes i'm like i'm ready to get back to work today i'm like I'm kind of ready to get back to work. Like mm. I feel a little, uh, but I actually feel pretty good. Like I, uh, I, 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 I'm a little tired, and I, I will get to work on the next song today. Um, but I'm not feeling the kind of raring to go like I have felt the last couple of cycles. But that's okay. It's, it's totally fine. Um, we're gonna have to prepare in the middle of not this song cycle, but the next one, we're going to get our second dose of Moderna. Yeah. So we're going to have to like prepare to have a day where we're off the map uh, in the middle of that song cycle too. So, you know. We have practice with that though, because we had our acoustic concert this last weekend, which effectively took a day off. It's true. So we had to kind of build an extra day in and we did that okay. Yeah, it's true. You just have to, again, write like a a structurally more simple song. (laughs) Just do that. Great. I'll do that. Good. Now you know. <laughs> Thanks. You know, you know, it's it, I this this cycle that we're on has been largely really good for me. Um I can see now that we're nearly like halfway done with the whole project that by the time it is done I'm going to need some serious rest. Oh man, so But I'm doing okay. Rest. And as far as how I'm feeling today, I'm doing all right. How about you? Good. Generally really good. Uh also like you, I think feeling slightly dazed re-entering into work, but also just like aware that I got to do it. Yeah. You know? Um, and part of what I'm doing for work these days is because of the amazing support that we're getting from our Misfit Stars community is I'm volunteering a lot of time to help other uh, artists, uh, budding producers, engineers, self-recordists, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm mentoring them through a process of becoming better producer engineers themselves. Yeah. So they can make better recordings of their own music and, yeah. you know, hopefully go further with their careers. Um And so what that looks like, especially in this sort of song cycle, is that, you know, at a certain point, (laughs) like in the first half of like when you're writing a song, I can listen to things people send me pretty much in real time, plus or minus a day. Keep up with them, yeah. But man, like at a certain point, I just go AWOL and there's about a week-long period. There's like the last four days of like the when I get involved, Uh producing, mixing, mastering, that's I'm just not doing any other music besides your song. Yeah. And then we take two days off. So it's about a six day thing. So on the seventh day, I come back in and like today I had like eight emails. You had a backlog. I had a backlog. There's like four different people (laughs) I'm mentoring or working with in this way. It was like the Suez Canal. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. And you are like the ever given. And I'm the ever given. Shannon Mm. is lodged sideways in my song (laughs) mentoring process. (laughs) But now I've broken free and... And your global song mentoring process is resumed. Yeah, you know it's not it's not fully global yet, but it is uh, it is transnational at yeah. the very least. You uh-huh. know, yeah. I've got people right now. Uh, there's one in Tacoma, actually. Mm-hmm. There's one in Ithaca, New York. That's pretty far That's across far. the country in that direction. Uh-huh. Uh, got someone else down in Austin, Texas, uh-huh. and somebody in uh, Oakland, California. You've also been doing some work with somebody in Florida. Yes. 
Although yeah. she's, she's not one of the people in this week's batch of emails. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's, she's a student, so she's a little more sporadic because I think that like sometimes she'll get incredibly busy. I've sure. got another one who's in Fairfield, Iowa. Also, well, there you another go. Student. See, yeah. all over the place. All over the map. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the people in the Oakland band is from France. So really, it's pretty pretty global. <laughs> Amazing. And he's French in like the most wonderful ways. Like, I love it. Just super passionate, very thoughtful and caring. It's the best. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, anyway, where were we? Where, I was saying where, how you're feeling. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm, I'm happy. Glad. Yeah. I'm happy to have all this wonderful music to work on with people. And I'm just feeling really cheered today specifically at some of the progress a couple of my people oh. are making. Mm-hmm. Um, this wonderful woman uh, in Ithaca whom I'm mentoring, uh, her name is Rose Alimo, A-L-A-I-M-O. Uh you know, I know from my own experience that when I have learned things, there has been a, a, a like a lag between when I take something on board and then like my brain has to, I can't just immediately do it. I have to like sometimes just think about it for a while, you know, and, and play with it and toy with it and try with it and try different things in the thing I learned. And mm-hmm. then eventually the thing I learned will be like, no, this is what you need to do. And I'll be like, and then I'll have the new skill. But it does, it's not immediate right. from when I learn a new skill to when I have a new skill. It's getting much quicker now that I've been doing this much longer. But when I was starting out, someone would tell me something and it would just take a little while for it to sink in. But then all of a sudden I would have it and I would really have it. And yeah. Rose has made some of these very kinds of jumps just in this last week. And oh, it's neat. just amazing to see. It's so rewarding. Like some really advanced, just like ways to position a mix so it just sounds vital and big and leaping out of the speakers. Mm-hmm. Like her stuff is always really good on a certain level. Like she's got great production ideas. Mm-hmm. She has good ears. She has interesting musical ideas. Like it's all good. She's never sent me any, any anything that I've listened to and been like, I don't enjoy listening to this. Right, It's right. all good. It's all like... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a certain level of good or better. Uh, But like in terms of the technical side of it, Mm -hmm. she's made so much growth and so much of it just in the last month. It's just, it seems like for her, this last month has been where a whole bunch of the things I've been telling her for the last like eight months have really kind of come together. Gelled, yeah. Oh, it's so rewarding. The brain has, sometimes needs time to carve out new pathways. And also to get rid of old pathways. Yeah, for sure. she clear, like, like wheels make ruts. Oh, and, yeah. And then wheels go in ruts, yeah. you know? And like, I think... I, you got to tell someone something in a situation like this, especially like when they're self-taught. I know that mm-hmm. I self-taught myself a whole bunch of stuff that I just subsequently unlearned, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm sure that the exact same mm-hmm. dynamic is happening with her. Yeah. She's just been self-taught. And also like when you're self-taught, something you do is you go look at stuff on the internet and you watch YouTube videos, a lot of which are made by people with way too much free time. But And the reason they have way <laughs> too much free time is because they're not that good at doing music. Because <laughs> if they were that good at doing music, they'd be busy doing music. You know what I mean? Like I don't make instructional videos because I'm too goddamn busy. <laughs> it's really funny. Like Rose always like you should make instructional videos like the kind I used to watch I'm like I don't have the time to do that (laughs) and I think that's a problem with instructional videos that is so funny speaking of instructional videos this is a total left turn here Mm. and I'm so sorry to be like rabbit trailing off of your thing no it's great but I saw this headline this morning I think people come here for the rabbit okay well I saw this headline this morning about uh, this man who was making instructional videos on cooking Italian food Mm -hmm. but he never showed his face but his tattoos tipped uh, police off that he was a mobster on the run from Italy and they caught him Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I mean, he had free time because he was you know, like on the run from the law in the Dominican wow. Republic. <laughs> That's badass. <laughs> you would think that you story. would just like wear long sleeves and be more sensitive to that. He didn't think about it, I guess, that his tattoos would be signifiers, but there you go. So Also, short sleeves in the kitchen are a terrible idea because of splatters. Oh, it's so true. So true. Man, fail. Well, I'm, Buddy. 
I'm glad that you're having success with your mentees. Yeah, so that feels that rewarding and good. good. Other than that, uh, you know, just feeling generally pretty good. Whatever, uh, whatever weird thing I was going through for a couple of weeks prior to last week's podcast episode, like with anxiety and whatnot, yeah. uh, have resolved themselves that's for now. Good, and they'll recur. They do, you know, but, and that's okay. <laughs> I accept that, and that's fine. Yeah, it's also nice to have a spell when I'm not in the middle of that. Yeah, I read a, a I follow this one artist, a local Tacoma artist on Instagram, and she makes just. Um, lovely little drawings and whatever. And mm-hmm. she had a, a, a meme that she had made with one of her drawings today, actually, that said, everything comes in waves. <laughs> and it's so true. And yeah. she, in her comments, said, like, everything, grief, love, joy, anxiety. Oh, yeah. Different, like, all of it. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? If you can just, if we can just remember that no matter what it is we're feeling right now is a wave and it will be replaced with another wave, <laughs> like, you know, it yeah. just makes it a little more doable, I guess. No, it's true. You know, it's funny. Something I really had to internalize when I was first getting sober was the idea of this too shall pass. Yeah. Because I was so often sitting in discomfort sure. and just like dealing with a lot of PTSD and just, you know, all that stuff that you deal with in early sobriety. And, you know, eventually I added another part to that, you know, like this too shall pass, including when you're feeling good. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I think that sometimes people only look at one side of this too shall pass, the idea that like the bad stuff will pass. But then, like, the unspoken hope and wish is that there will never be any more bad times. But that's not how that goes. No, it's not. And so because you know that even the good times, the good feeling parts will not last, Mm -hmm. that's even more of a reason to really allow yourself to be present in those moments and enjoy them and not, like, spend time thinking about when it's going to go away. (laughs) I think so. I think it's also probably a really good reason to be, like, extra curious about like really present for and curious about the bad times. Totally. Mm -hmm. You know, like Mm -hmm. not approaching with fear so much, but like Mm. just try to approach them more with a sense of, you know, childlike awe or something. What can I, yeah. What can I I glean from this experience? Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're doing better on that front too. Thank you. That's great. Uh, Shall we fire up the good news machine? Let's do it. You got a bunch. You go first. I have so many. I I took so many notes this week. I'm like, oh my gosh, what great stuff. So I love it. I'm just going to pound through. The first thing I jotted down this week was that I read news that the state of Virginia abolished the death penalty in the state of Virginia. It's the first Southern state to do so, which is amazing. Um, But every time I see another state do this, I'm like, yes, this is a move toward... Uh, a more just society. The, the the death penalty has no place in a, a modern society. No. It just doesn't. No. So that was great news. The next thing I wrote also, down... Also, for, for, for people who are just like super punitive, because I know there's some people in the world who are just like, I like punishment. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay. And that's that's harsh, but like, I know it's the case. Like, keeping someone in jail for the entirety of their life is a way better punishment than letting them off early by killing them. <laughs> so, like, if you want to approach it from, like, a need to be even more of an asshole to somebody, well, then you should be anti-death penalty, too. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and the, the overwhelming reason to be anti-death penalty, I mean, first of all, just the humanity of it, let's, you know, yes. like, it is inhumane to do that. But also, there are so many wrongful convictions and so many wrongful uh, executions yeah. because of of the flaws in our, our justice system. Uh, it's just, there's just no excuse for it to exist any longer. And yeah. so, that was great news. The second great news I jotted down this week was that um, uh, in California, uh, cash bail is effectively over in California yes. as of this last week. It's not technically over, like, but but judges now have to, um, before issuing a, a bail bail for a, a, a 
defendant, they have to analyze, they have taken into consideration a defendant's ability to pay the bail. Yeah. Because the thing with cash bail is that it has just, it keeps people in behind bars who have not yet been on trial. So that, you know, innocent until proven guilty, right? Yeah. So oftentimes a lot of folks who are hauled in wrongfully. Yep are now behind bars and if they can't for months sometimes for months sometimes years i mean like there yeah. there's it, there's some cases where you know stuff just drags on and on and on yeah. and gets backlogged in the system meanwhile this person's behind bars if they can't afford the bail to get out then they are separated from their families they're losing their jobs they're you know their families are suffering financially because they can't continue to work there's so many reasons and the, their their health is impacted they are they are in jail which is not a a great place to be in terms of like maintaining your own mental health you know yeah. so like people's people really suffer who can't afford bail i mean people who are rich if they get hauled in for something you know, paying bail is like no big deal. Yeah. So it's really, it's a it's a tiered system that is unjust. And yeah. so the fact that that in California, um, you know, one of the largest states in the na nation, that cash bail is now no longer a thing was great news. Um, great news. And uh, and so that that was that was really neat uh, to read that. And then the, my last one, it has kind of two parts. My okay. last good news. Three A and three B. Three A and three A. Three B. Yeah. Three uh, A is that um, I read an article in which uh, they were saying that Biden, President Biden's senior staff appointments uh, for his, his cabinet and senior cabinet level positions are nearly 60% women. Hell yeah. And this is approaching uh, an historical record. Like this is like levels of, of women representation in senior staff in the presidential administration. This is never, these levels are higher than any, any other administration prior. Which That's is, Amazing. So cool. Yeah. And the the corollary <laughs> to the to that point was that um, one of those senior staff, uh, Dr. Rachel Levine, and actually I don't know if it's Levine or Levine because I've never heard it said. I've only read her name. Probably Levine. She was um, the senior health uh, official in the state of Pennsylvania, I believe. Um, over and she's been, you know, obviously in the news in Pennsylvania over the last year because of coronavirus. You know, a big responsibility. Anyway, she has become the first openly transgender person to become a federal official confirmed by the Senate. Man, that's which cool. Which is such a great just achievement. And yeah. I just am cheering that and it's wonderful. And so good news. I love good news. What's your good news? <laughs> Mine uh, just came today, but it's so exciting. The Washington State Senate just today mm -hmm. passed a bill that had previously been passed by the uh, House, the uh -huh. Washington yeah. House, outlawing private prisons in Washington state. So Hallelujah. All, all that has to happen now is that uh, the governor has to sign it, which he's expected to do. That's great. And that's a big deal. It's not happening as quickly as I think uh, the more progressive of us would like. Uh, like be a contracts phase. that exist now get to kind of yeah. like... Yeah, so it'll be phased out by 2025. Okay. But honestly, in the grand scheme of things, that's wonderful. You yeah. Know? That's another three and a half years and they'll be gone and awesome. never more to return to darken our doors here in Washington state. Awesome. And that's great. I love it. You know, it's, it's reforms like this in big states like Washington and the one you were just talking about in California that can really help drive the national conversation oh, yeah. around some of this stuff changing. Oh yeah, for sure. You All know? this kind of progress matters and it, yeah. that's great. I love that we have so much to celebrate this yeah. week. It's so good. And also I'm really mindful of the fact that a lot of this kind of progress that gets driven by, you know, I mean, California is often a leader in this kind of stuff just because it's 
overwhelmingly large. I mean, it's got like a tenth of our nation's population. Right, you know, 15%, right. Fifteen a ridiculous, it's huge, yeah. a ridiculous amount of our nation's population is in that one state. You know, Washington State's also very powerful economically and sort of a leader uh, in terms of progressive values. You know, mm -hmm. for the for the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm really mindful of the idea that these changes don't spread equally across the land. You know, oh my God, there are some changes, progressive changes that happened that have happened in our country. You know, 70 years ago that still haven't spread to the deep south. Well, for sure, yeah. You know, uh, and you know we're increasingly in this country moving toward kind of like a two countries kind of thing. You know. Uh, where there's progress, it's, you know, normal progress, the arc of progress bending ever toward justice, you know. And then there are just some places that don't want that to happen. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I heard you say we're moving that direction, but I feel like maybe since the inception of the country, that's been the case. I mean, they, there were always slave-holding states and non-slave states from the very beginning. Yeah. And post-Civil War, uh, you know, slavery was technically illegal, but you know, so many of those, so many of the the um, what am I trying to say? So, so, so much of the oppression continued, and in, in, in sometimes even more brutal ways. Sure, in southern states, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, the, the we're going to talk about this in a minute here. The the voting, the voter suppression that's happening. Mm -hmm. It's not happening just in southern states, but it's historically happened mostly there like yep. there's been there have been two americas in that regard for forever yeah you know yep that's right um yeah i yeah i don't have <laughs> anything to say about it except for that sucks <laughs> you know like but but I, but I also i do think that like you were saying when when positive change happens in one corner of the country it does matter and i think those those ideas do spread and and you know the the benefits of those changes, be, people become aware of the benefits and the yeah. ideas catch on and, you know, progress is slow and hard sometimes. Yeah. Always, yeah. pretty yeah. much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So uh, what has our experience been this last week? Uh, I mean, we've just been on, we've been we've been a song factory, yeah. <laughs> music factory. Yeah. We finished a new song. We had a couple of days off. Uh, we had, in the middle of all that, our live, our last live concert on Saturday night. Um, and... I always love doing these. We, you know, we get into these deeper cuts because we remove every month, you know, the previous songs we've done and the previous concerts. So we're whittling down to, you know, some songs, you know, again, this, this is the second month in a row where we've gotten to play a song that we've actually never performed live before. Yeah. Because they just, they weren't on the set list for the, t the, the tour that we went on when those albums came out. So this was the, the debut performance, which is really funny. Yeah. Um, but we had a great, it was a great show. I had a great time. Um, there was a song in the set list though. If you watched the show, you, you saw this happen uh, in, in real time. But uh, there was a song in the show that this is the one that we, we've never performed live before uh, that I wrote back in 2016 um, about my sister. Uh, and I, I have spoken obliquely about my sister on this podcast before, but I don't know that I've actually ever named this relative as being my sister, but the song was written about her and in, in, and about sort of the distance that I was experiencing, uh, that was beginning to experience in our relationship, uh, back in 2016, um, that distance had been sort of creeping for the, the year or so prior to mm -hmm. that. And um, I was feeling sad about it. And it's a song called Let's Pretend. And it's about sort of like getting back in touch with the things that we did as kids, you know, and, and remembering the special moments we shared when we were 
young that bonded us together, yeah. you know, all the good stuff and the painful things that we went through together too, you know, um, that maybe that could spark some sort of a, you know, a desire to reconnect. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so you were rehearsing the song in the studio and I was in the kitchen just kind of looking over my lyrics and stuff. And as, as you were rehearsing, I just started crying in the kitchen and um just you know like we said earlier everything comes in waves you know i i have largely dealt with the grief over the situation you know she she clearly doesn't want me to be in her life um she's made that pretty clear over the last five and a half six years and um that has been an extraordinarily painful thing for me Mm -hmm. to uh to work through, to experience and to work through. And I have no explanation for it either, which is just this other layer of like, what the heck, (laughs) you know? Um, And so, but, but because it's been so long, you know, the first, the first two, three years were especially hard. Like I I experienced lots of grief uh, in those first couple of years, lots of, you know, nights lying awake, trying to make sense of it all. Um, you know, trying to figure out how I might get in touch with her that she might respond. You know, what what might I, what could I say that could fix the situation? You know, um, and then you know, time does what it does, and I don't have that kind of daily grief that I carried for a long time. And and in fact, I you know don't think about it every day at all. I think about it every couple of weeks, maybe. You mm. know, when there's something that comes that brings her to mind, and even then, you know. I have a moment of honoring the feeling of, ugh. and then, you know, I've, I've, I'm usually able to, to carry on, but every once in a while, as what, as, as happens with, with grief, I think is just sometimes it hits you like a wave out of nowhere. Yeah. And it did in the kitchen that day. <laughs> and I started crying. And so I like, okay, great. Well, I'm, I'm crying now. I'm feeling the feelings. I'm doing the thing. And I'll, by the time we go to perform this tonight, I will have myself pulled together. And I did not. <laughs> <laughs> it started out. Fine. Fine. So I, I, I introed the song. I was like, here's what it's about. I was crying earlier, but I think I'm good now. Yeah. And then we started the song. We got through like verse one, chorus one, verse two. At the end of verse two, there's a lyric that says, whatever happened, whatever happened. And I just lost it. Yeah. <laughs> Live on Facebook and YouTube. Yeah. And I cried myself through the rest of the song. Yeah. I barely sang it. I was like grunting out lyrics. Hmm. It was uh it was a thing. Yeah. Um I just want to say thank you to everybody in the Misfit Stars group who and, and everybody who commented in in the comments in real time too with your encouraging remarks. I, it really meant a lot to me to hear from you. Um and it meant a lot to hear that that I'm not alone. You know, I for those of you who messaged me saying that you've been through something similar or you're carrying a similar kind of grief, you know, um, I'm so sorry that you also have experienced something like that. But yeah. also it's it it feels um it feel it makes it feel a little bit better knowing when you're not the only one. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So. And you know, thank you for being vulnerable about that. You know, oh, <laughs> I guess you didn't have a lot of choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I'm, also, like, you ran with it in a really nice way. I thought. Well, thank you. You know what I mean? I that. Like, you didn't, you didn't uh, act as though you were ashamed, which is is really oh. like the best possible way to deal with it. You oh, know what thanks. I mean? Because I think we need to normalize like having uncomfortable emotions. Yeah. Especially like sometimes around other people. Like that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It is okay. 
feelings are part of the experience of being human. Yeah. And like, it's okay to see someone else cry and it's okay mm. that you can't do anything about it. And it's okay just to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you for your support all these years mm. in that particular issue. Mm. Uh, the story goes on. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what else? This what week. else? Uh, yeah, we touched on voter suppression laws. Those were bad. Um, what do you mean we touched on them? Well, you you, ta- you touched oh, on them earlier in the podcast. I've mentioned that we were going to talk about it now because they're in the notes now. Oh yeah, but right. yeah, no, it just and we don't have to spend a long time on this. But if and and you're probably aware because it's been in the news. But Georgia passed a horrible voter suppression law last week. Just. Just awful. It's like it's like Jim Crow all over again. Like, and they did so in the most disingenuous, shitty way where they put a couple of things in that give broad cover to right-wing organizations like in terms of talking points to say, this is an expansion of voting rights. It's not. It's not at all. That is just uh, lies. You know, I mean, they did, they, they like, they increased the number of early voting days. Okay, that's that's good. That's definitely good. But like- they did that and like one other thing. And those are small things. I mean, like the increase in like early voting days is like from 13 to 14 or something like that. You know what okay. I mean? Like it's, it's, it's fine. It's not a huge help, but it's not negative. That's great. Okay. But yeah, the, all the negative stuff they did was so bad. Like reducing the number of, of drop boxes. Uh, absentee valley, you can't even do, ab- you can't even vote absentee without a reason now. Yep. There. Um, and and if you do the I, the voter ID laws are just so onerous. I mean, like you have to have a photocopier. You, who has a photocopier like that? And I mean, some, we we do our our printer functions that way, but most not, people don't. Most people don't have something like that. A lot of people don't have something like that. And the people who have, who are less likely to have access to things like that are folks who are poorer people who, uh, which means people who are browner. That is often the case in in, in Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just, I mean, the the most like outrageous part of the law was that they made it illegal to give food or water to anybody waiting in line to vote. You can't give water to someone waiting in line to vote. And honestly, I think it's a good thing they did that. Because that is the kind of thing, it's not like, it's not some weird, fiddly, technocratic, bureaucratic right. issue. Everyone, it's a very human issue that everyone can be like, that's bullshit. Everyone can understand that this is absolutely wrong. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They, they, honestly, they made a huge mistake by putting that in the, for yeah. that very reason. Because they put a face on it. Yeah, they did. They, they, they made it very clear to anyone who has a conscience yeah. <laughs> that this is not okay and their yeah. motives are so screwed up. If you're making it illegal to give water to lines that you have made long because of your voter suppression laws? Yeah. Come on. Come on. It, 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 it's, it's, it's astounding to me. Uh, and and it, this, is one, this is one state and one law that passed last week, but there are close to 300 laws that have been introduced, bills that have been introduced in states in 40 states. 43. Oh, uh, close to 300 voter suppression laws in 43 states that have been introduced this year alone. Yeah. Like... They're, the Republican Party has realized in this moment that their policies are horribly unpopular and the only way they can win is to, is to, uh, to continue to win elections is to make sure fewer people vote. Well, I mean, that's not true. The other way they could do it is to change their policies. Well, they could. They could, but they're not willing to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. They could change their, they could change their approach. How, how arrogant is that, though? It, the idea that like, well, we're right. We know we're right. 
It's just that you don't know we're right. Right. Idiots. And fewer of you should vote because we need to be able to do what, yeah. yeah. I, so yesterday I read this. I'm, I'm a, You and I are pretty like wonky political types. Like we like to kind of read these articles and get into, you know. Into details. Into details about it. And so there was this one piece that I read yesterday that was uh, the, the, the New Yorker had obtained audio from uh, a meeting between some, some uh, right-wing uh, uh, PACs uh, political, political action, action committees. committees, people who give money to politicians. Uh, and and Mitch McC- one of Mitch McConnell's aides was on this call as well. And they were talking about how this one consultant was saying, look, we've done a bunch of polling and we realized that uh, with regard to the For the People Act, which is this this act that's now in the Senate um, that would that would expand voting rights and, and, and it would actually help to uh, mitigate the bad things in this voter suppression law, like in Georgia last week. Because it would make them illegal at the federal level, which Trump state level. Exactly. Um, They were talking about this for the people. They are like, look, we've done a bunch of polling on this act. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's the time in the episode where <laughs> Shannon knocks her microphone off people. <laughs> so they did a bunch of polling and they, they're like, look, all, in all this polling that we've done about, the, for, about the, the voting rights acts that are you know, going through Congress, everybody likes them including Republicans. They think that even Republicans think that, that that there should be better laws that make it so that billionaires can't influence elections as much as they currently do. <laughs> so we also realized that we there, there's we've tested a bunch of messages to try to change their minds about that and and none of them work. So they've they've acknowledged the fact that their that their position is unpopular, that there's no messaging they can do to change conservative voters minds about it even. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in, on this call, they concluded that the only way that they're going to be able to uh, to keep their voter suppression laws that are happening in all the states is to kill the For the People Act via the filibuster in the Senate. Like yeah. they don't, they do not even care about winning over public opinion at all. No. They realize they can't do it, and so they're just going to do whatever they have to do politically to kill uh, the expansion of voting rights and making voting more accessible and fair. Wild. It's wild. It is wild. Yeah. So if you haven't yet gotten involved with uh, with uh, uh, it, some activism in your state to call, like calling your senators mm-hmm. and telling them to support the For the People Act, uh, now's a great time to do that. Yeah. Um, and people who don't live on the West Coast, we're talking specifically to you. Like well, everyone on the West Coast, like they know. That, but yes and no. I, I was having a conversation online with somebody the other day. Like, you know, well, you know, I, I, I live in a blue state. My, my senators support this bill. Yeah, absolutely. The one, here's the key though, or the, the, the twist is that this bill, uh, even though Democrats have 50 plus one representation in the Senate, you know, 50 senators plus Kamala Harris is the tie-breaking vote, right? This bill won't pass uh, because... Uh, as long as the filibuster is in place. Right. Because then you need to secure 60 votes. So this this bill has no chance of passing in the Senate unless the the filibuster is eliminated or reformed in some way. And there are a bunch of, uh, there are a handful, I should say, there are a handful of Democratic senators who have been queasy about reforming or eliminating the filibuster. Yeah. And... Their position is wrong about yes. that. I mean, they, they, it's just wrong. But here's the thing. Like, Historically and morally, morally wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. It, the filibuster is a relic of Jim Crow. It has been historically used most often to kill civil rights legislation yeah. in the Senate. Um, and it's this used a- to entrench minority rule. Yeah. Uh, and it's exactly the same kind of thing that Shannon was talking about with the, uh, you know, like the way that Republicans are treating the voting right now. Like mm-hmm. they they 
don't need to have popular positions if they can rule as a minority. Mm -hmm. And that's what the filibusters allowed them to do. Right. Block progressive legislation. Block popular, majority popular legislation. Overwhelmingly yeah. popular. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. When you call even your blue state senator, mm -hmm. your Democratic senator, it is important for them to, ha to hear from their constituents uh, about, like, the elimination of the filibuster. That's true. In order to pass the For the People Act. Because then they take that information to the Senate and they're talking to their Democratic caucus in the Senate and they say, look, I've got all these people in my state who are who are saying they we should eliminate the filibuster in order to save democracy. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, they they can take that, they they take that data from their states uh, to the conversation to influence the, the, the senators who are feeling on the fence about eliminating or reforming the filibuster, and that actually helped does help build power for that for that change. Yeah. So it still is worth it to call. Man, we're, our democracy is on freaking fire, though. Yeah. <laughs> like it really is. And this is the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act are the two things. The, these are the two chances we have. Uh, it's one chance with two two prongs. Yeah. HR one and HR four yeah. <laughs> are the two bills. This is our one chance to say to put the fire out. Mm -hmm. It really is, not to sound completely uh, fatalistic, but that's, that's the truth. Well, and I want to say, you know, I, I, in that same breath, I feel optimistic about this stuff. I mm -hmm. feel like the tide is moving in the right direction. I we just got to keep doing the work. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. do too. I do too. Uh, and finally this week, just to brag a little bit, <laughs> uh, we had the opportunity to have a really nice uh, recorded uh, chat with our friend John Pavlovitz. Yeah which was so magical. He actually reached out to us uh, a week or so ago to ask if we if he could interview us for this ongoing video series that he's doing about uh, about empathy and he's, kindness. It's a course on empathy, yeah. Yeah. In case you don't know who John Pavlovitz is, um, he's a former pastor. Um, he still does pastoral work, but he's not employed by a church any longer. Yeah. Uh, because for the churches he was working for in North Carolina, I think he became a little too progressive for a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's to say, I mean, he he still, I as far as I know, is you know um, still is a person of faith, um, and his faith is informed by a, a, a version of of Jesus that is compassion-based and empathy-centered. Like, you know, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and really, um, he, so he has used his, his voice and his platform to really call out um, the, the white American evangelical church who have just really drastically strayed from, <laughs> from that Jesus. <laughs> uh, and, and he's done so courageously and at great cost to himself, but he's be also become a voice for a lot of people um, who uh, have found themselves um, just d disconnected from a, a, a faith tradition that they feel has, has betrayed them in a lot of ways yep. that, that no longer represents their the values they have for humanity. Yeah. And um, it's cool work. It is great work. And he, he's somebody who the, the day after the 2016 election, when I, I saw his blog post of the day after, which was titled, this is why we grieve. Mm -hmm. I mean, he gave words to the feelings I was having and yeah. I didn't even know, I, I didn't even know that it was grief right. that I was feeling until I read his blog. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So that, you know, he's, he's been a, a hugely influential person in my life and I know in yours too. And mm -hmm. so it was just a joy to get to talk to him yeah. um, about empathy centered living and, yeah. and it's always an encouraging conversation. So that was fun. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, why don't we take a little break? 
And when we come back, we will listen to and talk about these four walls. That sounds great. Okay. Okay, see you soon. Back in a sec. about it, people. Mm-hmm. Nowhere we would rather be than right here with you. That's right. So, we have a new song. We have a new song. Song and it's five. A GD slow jam, people. <laughs> and by the way, the GD stands for gosh darn. Get your mind out of the gutter. This is a God-fearing podcast. Okay, that's not true. <laughs> uh, <sighs> so, these four walls, uh, song five from the 2020 Project, mm-hmm. uh, was inspired by stories. There were a theme running through the stories that we collected for this project was uh, the, the experience of parents. Yeah. Parents and kids. And, and, you know, the experience of parenting and also the experience of parents watching what this year was doing to their kids, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, and trying to figure and out how going to through help, it with them and trying to figure out how to help them out with that. Yeah. So, uh, I wrote a little about this, about sort of like where the song came from. We're going to read it. Mm-hmm. Then we'll play the song and then we'll do a little talking. Uh-huh. Sound good. Sounds probably familiar to yeah. anyone who has been on this song journey with us that's, on the podcast. That's right. Yeah. Well, here we We're go. We're doing exactly the same thing, people. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so in our story collection, we heard from one group of people who had a very particular experience of 2020, parents who had a lot to say about how this past year uniquely shaped the experience of family life. From the parents of young kids who were suddenly thrust into trying to manage their work from home jobs as well as their kids' online schooling, Scrambling for childcare while they had to show up for their in-person essential work, or just never getting a break from the constant togetherness. To parents of older kids who mourned with them the losses of milestone experiences of transitioning into adulthood, like no college tours, no graduation ceremonies from high school or college, no first jobs. Every family in some way experienced a total upheaval of what they'd expected the year to look like and bore hardships they wouldn't have known how to foresee or plan for before 2020. Parents shared with us about how hard it was for for them to see their kids experiencing social isolation and to watch them long for activities like going to school, playing sports, and having birthday parties. And also, they shared with us about how resilient their kids were, how they figured out how to adapt to the new normal even when it was a struggle to do so, how they faced the challenges of the time and embraced the unusual opportunities that this strange time offered. We heard from a lot of very proud parents of kids who grew ever more into awesome young humans this last year, despite, and in some cases because of, the obstacles and trials of living through a pandemic. And we also heard about the increased frequency of dinners around the kitchen table together and movie nights and board games and lots of deep conversation and lots of laughter. There was a lot about this time that will unequivocally shape the adults that these kids are becoming. And so much that will indelibly mold the character of the families who went through this fire together. How do you parent a child through a circumstance with which you don't have any personal experience? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) total side note, but I think that actually probably that's a lot of parenting. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, maybe. You know? uh, Well, except for, since we're side noting. Yeah. 
in a lot of circumstances, a parent has been through a lot of the same things that kids have been through. Sure. You know, they can at least draw on, this is what it was like for me when I was an adolescent. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or at least vaguely the feeling of what it was like to be an adolescent, even if the circumstances exactly, are different. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But in this case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, in this case, not only was the coronavirus itself novel to the human population, the experience of a global pandemic was a novel one for every person on the planet as well. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, as we were writing this and, and, and I was editing it, uh, I was like, with the exception of like two people, one of whom died. Oh, the people who had been through the pandemic yeah. before, yeah. Because you would have to be like 102 <laughs> years exactly. old. <laughs> but exactly. But there were a couple of them. True. Um, parents shared with us what a unique opportunity it was for them to be able to teach and model in real time good mental health practices for their kids as everyone in the house was experiencing the same uncertainty, discomfort, change, sadness, and overload at the same time. From quotes like, trust me, there's plenty of tension and days when I can't wait to get the hell out of the house (laughs) to I wouldn't trade the time we've had together this past year for anything to my son was my greatest source of hardship and my greatest source of joy this last year. Mm. It's clear that for parents and kids, 2020 was a year of learning how to live with often conflicting truths about the people we live with and love. When everything that matters most to you in life is suddenly bottled up together under one roof, it can seem sometimes as though the bubbling effervescence of life contained in that space might threaten to blow that roof right off. And also, it can feel like the very crystallized essence of a unique, unforgettable, and precious time. Hmm. This is These Four Walls.
slow jam. Those chimes slay me. Oh, so <laughs> when good. I, when I, you guys, when I brought Jamie the, the demo that I had made, the production demo, it had, you know, it, I, it was very minimal. I had just the Rhodes piano and the vocal and the drum programming. And, and, and the synth bass. And the synth bass, of course, the bass, yes. Uh, but like after one or two listens through, he turns around in his chair toward where I was sitting. He's like, I've got two sounds that have to go on this right now. And like the first one he pulled up with these, <laughs> with those, was that bell tree chime thing that you hear at the very beginning of the song and then transitioning into the vamp at the end that, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. They just kill me. Oh, I love so it good. so much. They're I'm like, so good. I have visions of Whitney Houston. It's just amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> Luther Vandross pops around the corner and gives me a thumbs up. <laughs> totally. That was, it was so much fun to work on that recording. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. yeah. And the uh, other one that I heard in my head is that little boom, 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 uh, little, little three note uh, synthesizer thing that happens in the choruses. It's a very bell-like sound. Kind, kind of, of. Like an electronic It's a synthesizer, bell. yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's a, the sound is what I had in my head. I didn't yeah. even know what the part would be. I think I thought the part would be a lot busier. Oh. It ended up just being that those little three sparkles were all it needed. Yeah. But, uh, just the sound immediately in my in my mind was just like this has to be there. This is this this is this song is actually pretty minimal. Like yeah. like there are elements in it that happen like the the bell tree the chimes happen twice. Yeah. There's a clave that happens one time in That's the right. song. And there's a little ride cymbal hit that happens only 3 times in the song. Like it's just a little bit a little of this and yeah. a little of that. And the rest is your imagination. Like- <laughs> yeah, that's it. The other thing about that one is uh, I spent a real, so because it's such a minimal arrangement, yeah. all of the individual elements are much more important. Sure. It's oh, kind of yeah. like when you have a dinner in Italy, right? Like it might only be three ingredients, but they are the three, it's the best tomato you've ever had (laughs) and it's the best mozzarella you've ever had and it's the best basil you've ever had. Right, right. So it's okay that it's just caprese salad for dinner because it's just like this flavor orgasm in your mouth. You know what I mean? But like when you're doing a song, it's kind of the same kind of thing. Like if if you have a whole bunch of sounds, you can just kind of jam them in there and you don't have to pay as much attention to each of them because they work collaboratively. But when it's a minimal arrangement. Yeah. Like you can really hear each of them a lot more specifically. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to be a lot more careful with each of them. Like they each have to be kind of perfect. Yeah. I mean, you, you'll back me up on this. I spent probably five hours on the kick drum sound. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, easily five hours mm-hmm. just getting that kick drum sound right. But goddamn, is it right? It's so good. It's, I couldn't <laughs> think of a way I, I would prefer it to be. And not only that, but like it sounds equally good on like our main speaker system with subwoofer and the phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? A quarter inch speaker. It's a ten inch speaker, quarter inch speaker, it just thumps. It's a, a feat. It's yeah, I'm super proud of that. Good job, Jamie. And then on this uh, the synth bass, like so you brought it to me with a, a certain kind of synth bass sound on a uh, computer plugin. Uh, and I completely reprogrammed that. And then I also added alongside of it two real-world analog synthesizers playing in tandem with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All of them working collaboratively together to fill out the sound. Like yeah. One of the analog synthesizers is really just for the warmth of the low end yeah. to, to make that just more enveloping and like a hug, mm-hmm. you know, because that sound is like a hug. It is. And then, you know, the other one uh, was just to shade in a little bit of sound, like a bring in the top part mm-hmm. of the sound mm-hmm. for every note, you know, and it really mm-hmm. doesn't have any low end to it at all. Mm-hmm. But man, you you know, you listen to any one of them by themselves and it's a little disappointing. And you listen to all of them together, it's like, whoa. It's a family of bass synths. Yeah. 
Yeah. Three different bass instruments on that song. On a song about being a family in 2020. Oh, The it metaphors. Turns out the family is synthesized. It turns in your world. That's true. Yeah. In your world, that is true because we don't have kids. And that is like, yeah. that is actually what we wanted to talk about after <laughs> the song today is that, you know, this was a unique process for me because, you know, in, I have some experience with, with this. Um, but let me back up. Most of the songs that I write are coming from some some place of personal experience yes. on some level, sure. right? Even the songs for this project so far, I've been able to tap into some experience of my own that related to the the stories that informed the theme for that song, right? right? Um, even though, uh, you know, like for the song Through the Window, I didn't experience uh, a close loved one dying this last year. We, we do know someone who passed away because of COVID-19 last year. Yes, we do. And of course I've someone experienced- Someone in our community. Of course I've experienced- loss in my life and grief. So, you know, I was able, able to tap into those feelings as I was, you know, telling other people's story about death and grieving in 2020. Uh, and, and I have a little bit of experience with this too. Like when I write personal songs, I'm writing someone else's story, you know, but even with those, you know, you can, the way that we relate and connect to each other is that we sort of attach our own experiences to somebody else's experience. And so I've been able to, you know, sometimes tap into what it might have felt like for that person to go through XYZ circumstance because of, you know, my, my, my emotional connection to it. But for this topic, I don't have kids. No. I've never had kids. I'm not going to ever have kids. <laughs> like, yeah. This is an experience in life that I don't have any real emotional connection to. Yeah. You know, ex apart from just, you know, being an empathetic person and, you know, but this was, this, ex this songwriting exercise was fully an experience in empathy, you know, a creative empathy activity, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I had to fully put myself in the shoes of other people's experience to write this song. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I didn't have anything, you know, personal to tap into and what a great opportunity to do that, you know, like really get it completely outside your own perspective yeah, yeah. <laughs> and take on, you know, the, an experience of somebody else, you know, this is, it's important to do that. You know, like if, if, if I hadn't spent time trying to understand the experience of parents and kids in 2020, I would have had no reason to know that that experience existed Yeah, for people. It's really true. You know what I mean? And, and it got me thinking like how many, how many, uh, how many of those situations are replicated? Like the people's experience of life in general, <laughs> not to mention the experiences of 2020, are so varied and so often we have blinders on about like, well, my experience is the experience. And, yeah, you know, that's true. unless we make an, a, a, an intentional effort to step outside of that, we may miss so much of, of what people's human experiences of life in general. And specifically, you know, in, in, as we're examining the experience of 2020. Yeah. You know, apparently there's a fallacy for this. What do you mean? Uh, well, there's. A, I'm wondering. I'm wondering whether there's a fallacy for this. Like what you said just sounds so much like the very like description of a logical fallacy. Okay. Like the fallacy of presuming that one's uh, 
so, you know, one's subjective experience is objective, right? Okay. Like your personal experience is generalizable. Right. Like it's generally not, right? It's not. But I think that probably it's a mistake that a lot of us make from time to time. Oh, for sure. Thinking that, well, because I think this way about this, this is how it should be thought about. And there, and, the, and, and, or this is how other people think about it. Yeah. Neither of which is necessarily true. Oh, absolutely. I wonder if there is a name for this. If it's like an understood fallacy. I wonder if it is I too. tried quickly to Google it while you were talking. Didn't come up with oh, anything. Oh, shoot. If anyone knows though, let me know. There was another experience I had with this this concept the other day. I was having a conversation with somebody who was, uh, who, who was retired and um, has ha- had the opportunity to do uh, uh, saving for their retirement and, you know, is going to be able to live in their retirement comfortably because of that. And in the conversation, uh, they were telling me about how, well, some people just just weren't weren't really smart about their saving and therefore, you know, aren't going to be able to be comfortable. And so I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you had an opportunity to save because of the position you had in your life, the jobs you had, the education you had, the, you know, the, 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 the family you were part of, you know, gave you so many benefits. <laughs> like you're just like in one fell swoop, disregarding the experience of people who live month to month their entire lives and can't afford to save a darn penny for retirement. You know, yeah. it was around the topic of uh, the, the, the originally what they said to me was social security was never meant to be a retirement uh, money money to pe- help people in retirement. Like that's exactly what, what no, it is. No, no, that's that's literally that's what it is. Exactly what it is, and uh, it's not meant to be what people live on. Well, yeah, actually, it is. But but let me guess, this person was a Biden voter. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. But 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 my point is that you know this person really just very narrowly had this idea that that their experience is the experience, yeah. and completely discounted the fact that there are a lot of people who don't have the same set of circumstances they do. <laughs> so, by the way, while you were talking, I found a master list of fallacies. Oh, how exciting! Uh, and it's on uh, the UTEP, like the, mm. the UTEP.edu. Oh, what is UTEP? Uh, it is. A university. Which one is it? Um, it sounds familiar. So I'm like UTEP. I was oh. hoping you would know. Oh no. Uh, what is UTEP? <laughs> it's the University of Texas at El Paso. Duh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, we've stayed really near there because the hotels we typically stay yeah. at when we go through sure. El Paso around the east side of town. Yep. That's where the university is. Uh-huh. Cool. 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 Yeah. So uh, there is a master list of logical fallacies, and they have one here. Okay. Uh, that is the, uh, it's called the availability bias, also known as the attention bias or anchoring bias. And it's uh, a fallacy of logic stemming from the natural tendency to give undue attention and importance to information that is immediately available at hand, <laughs> particularly the first or last information received, <laughs> uh, and to minimize or ignore broader data or wider evidence that clearly exists but is not as easily remembered or accessed. Ah. Right? And I think that what we're talking about here is sort of a relative of that. It's not exactly yeah. that, but it's the closest one yes, probably, sure. right? Because sure. what's closer at hand than our own personal experience? Absolutely. Gosh, it is just really important to seek out opportunities to get outside of that, to really understand the, the nature of the world. (laughs) Yeah. You know, escape the availability bias people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, but in listening to people's stories and in the process of writing, gosh, folks went through it and they're still going through it. 
you know, it's not, it's not over, you know, kid, there are some areas of uh, the country where kids are going back to school either partially or full time, you know, but it's still massively stressful for, for people. And, and I think about the the older kids too, who, you know, um, didn't get to like, they worked forever for their college graduation and didn't get to have a ceremony. Oh my God. You know, I'm connected with a bunch of young people on Facebook because we meet all of these, like, like parents bring their kids to concerts, you know, Mm -hmm. when they're 15 years old and they friend us on Facebook because they're all excited about having a social media account. And then like five years later, I'm a friend with them. You know what I mean? They're 20 years old now. I just was talking with this uh, 21 year old. She's a a friend of a a friend from Vermont. Mm -hmm. Um, Our our misfit star Gus was her teacher. Mm -hmm. And uh, she just had her 21st birthday. It's her second birthday in a row in a (sighs) pandemic. She's had 10% of her birthdays during a pandemic. Oh my gosh. Holy hell. That's wild. That would be like if you or I had like five birthdays in a row <laughs> yeah. during a pandemic. And I think that would feel commensurately long. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. Poor I kid. Had one of the stories that that was uh, part of the story collection that, you know, brought this song to life um, was our friend, from our friend Kelly Shanahan. Yeah. She's a, we know her through, um, uh, we met her through our friend Beth Caldwell. Um, they, Beth uh, died from uh, metastatic breast cancer a few years ago. And Kelly um, is a, a person who also has metastatic breast cancer. Part of the Metzer community, they call we, themselves. We've done some advocacy with uh, with these groups. And um, and Kelly shared with me that her, uh, back when she was first diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, she made a goal that she wanted to make it to her daughter's college graduation. She wanted to live long enough. Because metastatic breast cancer, for those of you who have not heard us talk about this before or who are otherwise unaware, is a terminal illness. There is no yeah. cure for metastatic breast cancer. Um, it is, uh, there, are, there are some cases in which people are able to live with it for a long time, but there are very few. Yep. The average um, lifespan of somebody diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer is like three to five years, I think. Wasn't it 33 months last time we knew? Oh, maybe it was. But, yeah. you know, and, and there are new treatments being developed all the time and you know we we need more we need more uh funding to go toward research to develop treatments that could potentially turn metastatic breast cancer from a terminal condition to a chronic one maybe one that can be the only form of breast cancer that will kill you yeah Uh, yeah so um Anyway, Kelly, when she was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, made a goal for herself that she wanted to to remain alive long enough to see her daughter graduate from USC. Yeah. And this was this 2020 was the year. Oh, and for Christ's sake. So she could not travel to Southern California and go to the beautiful USC campus and watch her daughter graduate. Instead, she was on FaceTime 500 miles away watching her daughter sitting on a lawn as they were watching the virtual the virtual ceremony mm. together and raising a glass to get, uh, together over over FaceTime and i could just i just heard the the sadness in yeah. her i mean this was the thing she was working for and you know so she's she's going to have to set a new goal yep. i guess we're doing grad school now kid <laughs> yeah. you know but man just the the loss of that there's no there's no coming back from that you yeah. know there's no it's a missed opportunity it is and there were so many of those kinds of things replicated all over the place and so thank you to those of you who shared stories prior to mm-hmm. the making of this song, but we're still collecting stories. Yeah. And honestly, like post the song coming out is 
a really richer time, I think, in a lot of ways to get the, the to solicit stories from people because it's focused. Mm. You know, because before it was just like very broad kind of like purposely you weren't leading people in any direction. You just said, what were your experiences of 2020? Right. And now with every song, each song has the theme that's been assigned mm. to it. And so we can reach out and we can say, what are your experiences vis-a-vis parenting this topic yeah. in 2020? And so people, if you have one, if you have something you'd like to share, we badly want to hear it. We want to know it. And it's not just for us. It's because stories are healing. Mm-hmm. And it's because, you know, as we get deeper into the story collecting project at 2020101.net, you know, we're just learning from our own experience and also just hearing from so many people how healing it is for them to just read through, just to take time, because now it's almost like a little library. It's like, a, that's what we've intended to create mm-hmm. and it's really turning into that. Mm-hmm. We have this sort of, you know, living library of people's experience and you can really spend some time there. You can spend 15, 20 minutes and just like leisurely browse these stories. Yeah, It feels really soothing to me to do so. Mm-hmm. Some of them are heavy, uh, some of them aren't, but all of it is just so wonderfully human. And it does that thing that, you know, Shannon was talking about where you can get into someone else's shoes for a little mm. while, you know, and you can really get a broader perspective on what the experience was like, you know, not just for you and people like you yeah. and people who you know, but for other people, yeah. you know, and it's just been really helpful to me. It makes me feel less alone, makes me feel less isolated. Hopefully mm-hmm. it would do that for you too. Mm-hmm. So please like share your story to help give that gift to someone else. Uh, just mail it to me uh, at jamie at misfitstars.com and we would absolutely love to add it to our story archive. We can do it with your you know first name and last initial like Jamie H. Uh, or you can do it anonymously. I actually posted one of my own stories that I wrote myself about mm-hmm. one of the topics anonymously because there's a chance that the people who it's about might read it. Mm-hmm. And it's important that there be the chance for people to share honestly. Yeah, I, We don't want people self-censoring because, oh, well, what if my mom reads this? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you can't have that. Uh, so there, you'll see there's a bunch of stories that are just credited to anonymous. And, you know, that's great. Because what it'll, it allows two things to happen. It allows people who have that same experience but who also might feel afraid to share it publicly mm. to relate to it, mm-hmm. you know, and to get that relatability mm-hmm. that you might not get any other way. So that's really valuable. Mm. It also allows people who have been acting like that, the people who the person writing the story is afraid might see it, <laughs> to recognize themselves in it. <laughs> and that's valuable too, because you know when you read a story about someone who's just being a scumbag? And you're like, and then you're the like that's wait a minute, this is me. This I'm, is describing me. I'm the scumbag. And then maybe you might change. <laughs> Well, and changing is good. One can hope, yeah. And, you know, it won't be immediate, right? But, like, it's something like the advertising theory of seven impressions, probably, <laughs> right? Like, it's not the first time you see a billboard that it registers, it's a seventh. Well, maybe, like, the seventh time you read a story in which someone like you is clearly not doing the right thing, <laughs> right? Maybe after the seventh or, you know, tenth or seventieth time, you might be like, maybe I should work on this. <laughs> One can hope. Hope springs yeah, eternal, right? Yeah, hope does spring <laughs> eternal. Uh, yeah, and you know, I, I, we we mentioned some of the specific stories that we received that were, you know, hardship stories about parenting. We also received some stories from people who said that this was just an absolutely precious and valuable year with their kids too. You know, the time together. Uh, and really getting a chance to slow down and eliminate things, things being forcibly eliminated from their schedules yeah. uh, that resulted in more time talking and laughing and playing games together and spending time together. Um, how cool. And it, for adult kids too, because yeah. there were so many like adult kids who like had to move home with parents this last year, you yes. know, and they got kind of like bonus time as a family. And yeah. it's, it's really interesting to me to to see, like I wonder how these experiences will really shape 
how these families go forward in their relationships together, you know? You know, it's, it's just one data point, but we were talking with our friend John Pavlovitz just yesterday, and he volunteered to us that this last year has been his single favorite year of parenting with his kids mm-hmm. for all the reasons you just said, Yeah, you know? And he was talking about, like, how he can, because everyone's at home, like, he can do, like, lunches with his son, and they can just, like, have father-son talks on a regular basis yeah. in an unstressed unstructured kind of way, right. you know? And he also acknowledged that that he was able to do that because of a lot of privilege in his life. He works, That's right. from, he works from home and can That's make right. his own schedule and there wasn't the pressures of him That's having right. to like, you know, report to a job and all that kind of stuff. So there certainly yes. were privileges that, that made that possible. But but that was the case for, you know, some some folks. And yeah. they got they got that really great time with their kids too. Yeah. The downside, you're trapped at home with your kids. <laughs> the upside, you're trapped at home with your kids. That's right. That's right. And you know, that is that we want to hear your stories about that. So yeah, j- email Jamie, uh, Jamie at misfitstars.com with your stories and we will add them to our 2020 101.net collection. Um and we are starting work today. We're recording this on the afternoon of Tuesday the 30th, right? Tonight, I'll be starting work on song six, and uh, I'm not sure I know what the topic is. I'll find out when I walk upstairs. It's, How exciting. It's on my list. I just don't have the list memorized, so. That's probably for the best. It probably is. You should, you should endeavor not to commit that to memory, because it's probably very freeing for you not to have to kind of just n- nibble away at it in your it's subconscious. really quite nice, actually. Yeah. So tonight, we're going to start working on it, and it'll come out in, you know, some days from now. Eight days from today, seven days from the day the podcast comes out. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Here We're we on go. a GD hamster wheel, Here people. Here we go. That time GD stood for goddamn. <laughs> Excellent. You all, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. This yeah. has been a fun conversation. Thank you for that, Jamie. We and failed to do a short one. It's so funny, people. Like, <sighs> every time we're like, you know, we've been doing like 75, 90 minute long episodes. Let's really, let's try to, let's shoot for 30 and it'll be 45. <sighs> it's an hour 25. Oh my gosh. We're just long-winded people can't help it. Yeah. It's okay. Well, we're going to sign off then. It's not that we're long-winded. It's that we're curious. Okay, that's what it is. And there's a lot to be curious about. There sure is. Yeah. But thank you, listener, for spending the time with us. Yeah. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back again next week with more. And uh, until then, if you're not yet part of the Misfit Stars community, you can do that at misfitstars.com slash join. And that's how you help support the work that we're doing in the world. Please do that. We could use it. We could. The and pandemic is going away, but it's not gone yet. We need your help. And we would love to invite you into this wonderful community of people. Um, that's it. Yeah. Take good care of yourselves. Be good to each other. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.